Hello, friends, and welcome once again to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm the worship pastor here at the Foundry Church in Winter Springs, Florida. We're so glad you're joining uh, with us here on the podcast this week. It was a very interesting week um, in the news, uh, lots of stuff going on, and so we felt like it would be best to push back the start of our next series for one week and kind of take a week just to address... Um, pain and suffering and uh, how things can go so quickly from being, you know, on a high to feeling like things are overwhelming and darkness is surrounding us and all that stuff. And how do we persevere in that? How do we, how do we go through that? Honestly, it's, it's almost like a, a week 10 and a half of our last series where we, you know, spent a couple of weeks uh, in the gospel of Matthew talking about how do we face change and a couple of weeks in the gospel of Mark talking about how do we endure suffering and uh, there was, this week was a bit of an exercise in that it has been and continues to be for a lot of folks. So um, this is a special kind of one-off uh, message. Um, Seth got a little creative uh, with how he wanted to do this one. And uh, so we hope that you um, enjoy it. I if you're not watching, if you're just listening, just know that the first like couple of minutes, it's very silent and that's intentional. There's nothing wrong with the podcast. Just skip forward until you start hearing audio. Uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy this message. week last week we had a pretty great service I thought we ended our series mountains and seas and gardens and roads and uh, we did it something a little bit different which I thought was kind of neat and we had our ministers share some of their stories and then hopefully you know I feel like you guys appreciated it as well because we got a lot of good feedback on it And then uh, what was cool was, at least I thought, was when we ended the service, uh, we were surprised with the pastor appreciation stuff, which was awesome. Like, um, just the, the thoughtfulness and the effort and people's care and concern that they showed for myself as well as you know, the other ministers on staff. And I got like a, I got a cool, uh, cool gift from you guys in case you didn't see it. It was this, it says, this pastor has an awesome co uh, congregation. <laughs> um, and then we received a lot of 
a lot of letters, uh, kind things that you guys had written uh, to myself to, as well as to other staff. Um, a lot of things that just really did make me feel appreciated. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful. Like, I believe what that church says, that this is an awesome congregation. Um, I, in fact, I got one card that I wanted to share with you because it was, it was very touching and very moving for me. Um, and I thought, like, this, this is something that you guys should hear as well. Just um, hopefully it'll be a bit of encouragement to you. I'm not going to read who wrote it, but I just want you to hear what it says. It says, Dear Seth, thank you for making church fun and engaging, for using small words so I can follow along. You are an inspiration for all. If you can be a preacher, then anyone can do anything. <laughs> it just really got me right here. <laughs> so just, just keep that in mind. If I can do this, you can do anything. So we have this great week, uh, great service on a Sunday. And then this past week has been, like, not so great uh, for a bunch of different reasons. And because I believe that you are an incredible congregation and an incredible family, I feel like we've created a, a safe place, a welcoming place, an accepting place that we can discuss things. Um, we were supposed to start a new series today, and I just didn't feel like it was the right time. Um, we may start it next week, who knows. It just felt like there's a lot of things that have been pressing that we needed to talk about, and I figured because you guys are awesome that like you'd be okay with it and maybe even appreciate it. Um, so, like, Sunday was really great. Uh, but then by, like, Tuesday, <laughs> uh, everything kind of started to be not so great. And it was like, there were just all these things, and it wasn't just, like, one thing. It was, like, a bunch of different things that just kind of kept stacking up. And then, like, just kind of a lot of struggling. And I'm not, this isn't a pity party. This isn't, I'm not fishing for empathy here. I'm just kind of letting you know kind of where I've been. And maybe you've been wrestling with some stuff too. Things went from being pretty great to being a bit dark. Maybe you've had this experience where everything seems to be okay, and then all of a sudden something changes, something shifts, things beyond our control, things out of our control, and then all of a sudden it's like all the color kind of begins to disappear. It's like we're just kind of in this dark, heavy place. This place where it's like we're just kind of fumbling around in the darkness. Not really sure where to go, what to do, how do we move forward. 
so we just kind of sit in it. gets kind of dark. That's kind of what it's felt like this week for me. It's kind of hard to write a message of hope and encouragement when you're not feeling very hopeful or encouraged. I was encouraged on Sunday. That was awesome was feeling hopeful on Sunday. That was awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like, just kind of out of my grip. You know, it's kind of as like dumb as this may seem. It all kind of happened on Tuesday. It's like where it started. Uh, And it was like, kind of the dumbest little thing that really started the whole thing for me. You know how that works? It's like something kind of unexpected, and you're like, what the heck? Where did that come from? It started with baseboards. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It started with baseboards, because it was like I had put the kids to bed, and I was kind of working myself that way, kind of picking up, doing that sort of thing, you know, like parents do. And I noticed uh, as I was picking up this, some of the baseboards in our bedroom, because we had just replaced the, uh, some of the flooring in our house not too long ago. And because we went from carpet to like tile or whatever, the height difference was, it was off. And so then what do you do with the baseboards? It's a whole thing, you know, like, do you move them up and have to like get quarter around, like paint? What do you do, lower them? I don't know, it's a lot. But then that got me to thinking about all this like other kind of little stuff that I haven't done around my house. You know, all the kind of honeydews and things we have to get to. And that got me to thinking about all the stuff in the yard that I haven't done and things I just haven't had the, either the time or the money or usually both uh, to get to, that sort of thing. But then that started me to thinking about like all the uh, other things in my life that I've just kind of been neglecting or not thinking about because it's just like a lot. I was really moved on uh, Sunday by uh, some of the things that our staff had said and some of kind of what they had shared. I did notice a theme, though, throughout it, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit, which was like death. I don't know if you picked up on that, but there was a lot of conversation about death. Patty talked about the loss of her dad. Joe talked about the loss of his dad. Hunter talked about the loss of his grandma. And uh, I just was kind of moved by like the general kind of hurt and, and 
granted, they talked about God helping us through these times, but it was like, man, sometimes you forget, like, all the things that so many people are carrying and dealing with on a regular basis. And so I was kind of moved by that. And then not only that, but, like, the Friday before last Sunday, our executive minister, Mr. Joel Douglas, lost his mom. She went to be with the Lord. I know he's hurting, and I know he's struggling. And because he struggles, we struggle with him. And I know it's going to be like it's not an easy road, this path that he's walking currently. I know it's a lot. But then it wasn't even just that. It was like, I know there's a lot of people in our church that are dealing with loss and death. Recent, not recent. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of what do we do's. And then in the middle of all that, we got a phone call this week from a member who watches online. And they said, uh, our 22-year-old son just died. Can you, can you guys do that service? <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Just being, feeling surrounded by death and darkness and it's like so much overwhelming, so much overwhelming things that maybe we weren't really expecting. And then you know how like, how sometimes uh, once you get a bit overwhelmed, like all of a sudden everything else seems to get heavier, you know? like, what the heck is going on in my life? What's happening in this moment that everything is kind of working against me? All the waves crashing around me. I'm stuck like in the middle of this stormy sea. So even the little things now become big things. And it was like, I don't know what, what to do. but things keep piling up. <laughs> so we're dealing with all that. And then uh, kind of found out this week that uh, we're kind of going to have to put like our hiring process for our children's minister on hold a little bit because like our finances just aren't where we need and want them to be to be able to do this. kind of planning on that like coffee shop thing to be happening and be working out and just taking a little bit longer than we expected and our giving just hasn't been where like it needs to be you know we've been pretty much like a couple thousand dollars short a month for a while and it's just not like a sustainable thing and so when you take this feeling of being overwhelmed and you add the stuff on it, especially things like finances, 
<laughs> it becomes a lot more, you know what I'm saying? I trust that God will provide. I trust that God will, like, get us through these moments. Sometimes it's just more difficult than others to see it. Um, and then not only all that, but like, I don't know if you've paid attention to the news at all, but it's like, there's all this conflict happening in the Middle East. I've been watching the news reports and the videos and the... all the things. I hear a lot of people making comments and having statements and... there's a lot of fear, a lot of hurt, a lot of suffering. And I find myself just kind of wrestling this week. Just a lot of wrestling. I went from having a pretty great Sunday, feeling like this boat that's getting ready to capsize. This is supposed to be a stormy sea, hopefully. I didn't get to practice this, so get what you get. So I'm watching all this conflict and all this war as I'm carrying all this other weight. And I'm just left with like all these questions of like, what do we even do? How do we even move forward in any of this? You know, and that's the thing about this conflict, too, is, like, it's not even the only one that's happening. There's, like, stuff in the Ukraine still happening. I don't know if you've seen or heard, but there's all this stuff uh, in Azerbaijan with the Armenians, and they're trying to... I heard it's called uh, ethnic cleansing trying to get the Armenians out of their area. And so when I start to see these like videos of the bombs and the tanks destroying things, when I start to see the videos of the missiles filling the sky, when I see the videos of men, women, and children murdered, injured. It's a lot. And it kind of breaks, breaks my heart. all of the various conflicts around the world. 
It breaks my heart, and I can't help but think about all the other hearts that are breaking because of all of the conflicts. So much hurt, so much pain, so much suffering. My heart breaks for the brokenhearted. I had a pretty great Sunday last week. Went from that to being so very overwhelmed by so many things, from the seemingly small and insignificant to these big, heavy things, and I feel like I've been filled with like this anger and this frustration and this sadness. Feeling a bit helpless. I went from having a pretty great Sunday to feeling like I'm this boat, tiny boat stuck in the middle of the storm stuck in the middle of the raging seas, in the middle of the night, wondering when it will come to an end, if I will make it out, if we will get through this moment, feeling as if drowning is inevitable. And I don't know where you may be at with all this in your own life, stuff that you're dealing with. I don't know where you're at and like how you're feeling as we watch the brutality and the devastation of the conflict in Israel. But for me, I just felt like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know, I don't know. Because all of this stuff is so very overwhelming and it raises a bunch of questions for me. I acknowledge that I'm a middle-aged white guy from America who can't possibly fully understand the tension in the Middle East. I acknowledge that from, I have a very limited perspective. I acknowledge how far removed I am from the situation. I acknowledge that what we're seeing happening is the result of generations and generations and generations of stuff long before I was ever alive. I acknowledge that no matter how much I felt this week, it is absolutely nothing compared to what the people are currently facing there. And so I'm aware of my limitations to adequately speak to what's happening. But I'm also aware that it still breaks my heart. I find myself a bit saddened at the things that I see coming out of like Christian communities concerning the situation. You know, and while we're here, like, I know there's all kinds of stuff being posted and all kinds of preachers talking about prophecies and end times and Armageddon. Can I say to you, like, just pump the brakes a little bit. Like, don't buy into all the hype, because I can tell you from what I've seen, most of it is wildly misinformed. Most of <laughs> I saw the preacher, big preacher, big stage, all the things, jumping between Revelation and Ezekiel, and the, so much of what people are doing with the text is just garbage Bible misinterpretations. So don't buy into all of the hype. Don't let that become this like overwhelming thing that's going to take over your life, because a lot of what I'm hearing, it's like people are really missing the mark and it was like he was trying so hard to prove 
that it was Armageddon, and it was so hard to prove that the rapture was coming, and all these things. <laughs> and it was like he was so excited that this was going to be happening in our lifetime. It's like he was so excited that we were going to get to watch this unfold from the comfort of our own homes as we're eating our popcorn and watching this. It's like he was so excited about the possibility of Armageddon that he didn't consider all of the people that are hurting in this moment. What is that? What is that? Don't buy into a lot of the stuff that's out there. This makes me sad. It makes me angry. Fills me with a lot of emotions and feelings and questions. I have a lot of questions because, like, what, what can we do in the storm here? Like, what are, what are our options? What is it that, I mean, like, are you going to, uh, are you going to go fight? Are you going to go take up arms? Fly to the Middle East and engage in some sort of military combat? Like, what are our options? I'm left with all kinds of big questions. Maybe I can send money to, like, a relief organization, I guess. Maybe I can pray. But even that, like, I believe in the power of prayer. I do with all of my heart. I believe that God hears and intervenes. But, like, it's moments like these that kind of make me go, yeah, but aren't, like, a lot of people praying right now? And, like, how come God, as far as I can tell, doesn't seem to be doing much? Like... How many prayers does it take for God to respond? Is he listening? Is he a part of this? Is he somewhere in any of this? This raises questions for me about the presence of good and evil in the world. God is love. Well, then how much, why are such things allowed? Aren't all humans God's children? This raises questions for me about, like, God's power and God's protection. What do we do in a situation like this? This raises questions for me about my own faith. What would I do if I were in this situation? How would I respond as a follower of Jesus? Where do the teachings of Jesus fit into this equation? Didn't Jesus tell us to love our enemies? How would I respond as a follower of Jesus if my wife and kids were killed because of what was happening? If somebody in my family was murdered, if somebody close to me, how would I respond? Can I love my enemy through that? Can I love my enemy with an assault rifle? Is that how this works. The Hebrew scripture says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
Jesus says, love your enemy. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Are bigger weapons the only way to make peace? And is that what Jesus had in mind when he said that? What happens to turn the other cheek in this kind of situation? Is that possible in a moment, place like this? What about the instructions to love and care for the widows and the orphans and the foreigners? Do I have to worry about that? Do any of the teachings of Jesus apply here? And if they don't apply here, when and where do they apply? And if their application is limited, then what is the point of all of this that we claim to be doing? What do we do about justice in this situation? What, is, what does justice look like? Well, it probably depends on which side you ask. What is just in a situation like that? Is it possible to, reach, re, uh, uh, to, to achieve restorative justice? Or does that just get thrown out the window? Is retributive justice the only thing that we can hope for? Is that the only thing I would settle for if my family was taken from me? There's just so much here in situations like this, like open this massive can of worms to all different levels and thoughts and ideas within our lives and our faith and our world and how we view and see and just a lot, a lot of questions about all of it. Remember this morning when you got up and you were like, hey, I should go to church today. It'll be real fun and uplifting. I have a lot more questions than I do answers today, but maybe, maybe this is part of what it means to be on the stormy seas. Maybe this is part of what it means to trust God when it feels like my boat is capsizing. Maybe this is what it actually means to have, like, faith. What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. Keep rowing. Keep praying. Trust in the power of prayer. You know, Jesus in the Beatitudes says that, like, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Maybe this is a time for us to mourn, to weep and mourn over the lives that have been lost, to mourn over the evil that's been displayed, to mourn for all the people 
whose lives have been shattered, to mourn over the destruction of any of God's children. You know, I put my kids to bed last night in their own bed, in our own house, and we said prayers, and we gave hugs, and they went to sleep peacefully. How many millions of people this past week, this upcoming weeks, as we don't know where this whole thing is going, are not going to have that opportunity? I tucked my kids into bed and had that thought. All the kids last night, tonight, that will not have that, that may have lost parents, parents that may have lost kids, that one thing that we all kind of do every night that sometimes is a chore and sometimes it's frustrating that many people will not experience. I'm wrestling with all this. I just keep feeling the brokenness of my own heart. And all I could think about this week was like the brokenness of all the other people, all the other hearts involved and around this conflict and all the other conflicts in all the other countries. And it was like broken hearts were like the theme of, of my week. Felt like it was in a, in a low place. It was all very overwhelming. And then it was like God kind of nudged me towards something. And it was a nudging that I am grateful for and I believe in and I hope for and that I'm trying to trust in. He nudged me towards Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The message says it this way. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. So in the middle of these feelings of just being overwhelmed, in the middle of all of this wrestling, in the middle of my questions, in the middle of my heart breaking for those who are actually suffering, in the middle of all those hearts that have been broken and will continue to break throughout all of these conflicts. God says, that is where you will find me. That's where you will find me. It's kind of like God took all of these questions and wrestlings and then he made a statement
is God in the middle of the broken, brokenness and the brokenhearted, in the middle of the conflict. He says, yeah, that's actually where I am and all the suffering and all the hurt and all the pain and all of my wrestling and all of your wrestling and all of the questions and uncertainties. And it's like, when the heart is broken, this is actually where God comes in. I feel like I have to, I have to trust this. I have, I have to believe this, right? Because this is, this is the place that I find hope. There's this other passage in Psalms. Psalms 147 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So maybe the hope is not just that God meets us in our brokenness. Maybe the hope is that the reason God shows up and meets us in our brokenness is because he's going to be up to something. He's going to be up to the process of healing and mending and restoring, taking all the things that I thought I could not recover from taking all the things that have added to that brokenness, the big stuff, the small stuff, all the things that I thought were collapsing in on me, that I thought were a part of the stormy seas waiting to wreck my boat. Shows up. And he heals it. I mean, like, this is kind of the place I have to trust. Because I don't know, like, what else to do. I have to trust this. I have to hope in this that as my heart breaks as all the people affected by this conflict have their hearts broken as my heart breaks for their hearts I have to trust in what God is saying that that's where he will be and he will be there and he will heal in those broken places
Psalms 10:17 says, "You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. You listen to their cry." I trust that the God of the Bible hears the cry of his children. But he always has and he always will. And so we trust in this reality. We trust that when and as we cry out to God, as we go through our stormy seas, however mild or however major the suffering may be, as we endure the stormy seas of our world and our culture, we trust that as we cry out, our cries will be heard. And the God who hears our cries will draw near our hearts that have been broken, that he will not just draw near but that he will begin this mending and this healing of our broken hearts. So with all the uncertainties that lay ahead of us, not knowing all the tragedies that are yet to come, I'm gonna do my best to cling to this. I wanna do something today just to take time. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your worries, your fears, your cares upon him because he cares for you. I'd like us to take some time to do some casting, some unloading, some crying out. What is it that you're carrying? What is it that lays heavy on you? What is it that is breaking your heart now? I'd like for us to take a minute. And maybe this is even just a moment to acknowledge that if you find yourself wrestling with a heart that's been broken, maybe it's time to step into the hope and the trust that God has not abandoned you, that God is wanting to draw near that maybe God is even in the process of healing that wound and you've yet to realize it. We're going to give you a moment to think about the broken pieces of your life, to think about how we have this promise that says God draws near the brokenhearted. God heals the brokenhearted. Will you take a minute and just reflect into your own life and your own heart here and now? I'd like for us to take another minute here to pray, to cry out to God and trust that he will hear our cries. Mm -hmm. 
I ask for you to pray over this conflict in Israel, to pray over the conflict in the Ukraine, to pray over the conflict in Azerbaijan, to pray over all those who are suffering, pray for the brokenhearted, to pray for peace, to pray for conflict resolution, to pray for an end to the hatred and the destruction. I ask you to pray for shalom. I've been thinking about this conflict, these conflicts this week, and thinking about how when we talk about shalom, we talk about this idea of wholeness and completeness and oneness, and then we talk about, like, God's intended reality, and then when we look at, like, any sort of conflict and war, it's like the opposite of all of that, isn't it? We see disunity. We see separation. We see the destruction of others as well as creation. We see a lack of wholeness, a lack of oneness. It kind of makes me think that like, like war is almost this inevitable result or consequence of not living into God's intended reality. So let's pray for peace. Pray for resolution. Pray for the broken hearts. For the fathers who have lost their children. For the mothers who have lost their children. For the kids who have lost their parents. For the siblings. God, we pray that you come into this moment. Pray that God will draw in. God will draw close to the brokenhearted throughout this conflict. And pray that God will heal.
Once again, thank you for spending some time with us this week. Uh, we hope, uh, we, we all hope as a staff, this was not too much of a downer. Um, but there are times in our lives where it's important to acknowledge and to um, kind of lean into and, and try to deal with uh, the difficult things. And so thank you for spending uh, the time with us to do that this week. We hope this has been something of an encouragement. Uh, we hope that wherever you find yourself, if there's a part of you or part of your life where you find yourself brokenhearted. Uh, we pray that you would lean into uh, God's presence and the promise that he will bind the hearts of those who are brokenhearted, that he will heal, that he will restore, uh, that he will redeem all things. That'll do it for now uh, for this episode of the Foundry Church Podcast. We'll see you next week.